This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Hey, good some. morning. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> we're just, uh, we finally, second week together, we're figuring out what buttons to push. <laughs> Charlie's been pushing my buttons for a couple of years. I was going to say, I, I got that figured out a long time ago. Hey, Robbie, how you doing? I'm good. And uh, filling in for Frank Proctor, nice to be with you again. Again, yes. Yes. So tell me, have you been out in your garden at all this summer? I have. And? And uh, the weeds are bigger than they've ever been in their lives. <laughs> We're calling them Jurassic weeds yeah. this year, I think. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so they're pretty hard to tame. But yeah. I will tell you this. A couple of years ago, I mentioned to you, we had lily of the valley growing mm. in the middle of our yard. Right. And we Everywhere. could not stop it. Right. And last year, they dug it up, supposedly. They? Who's at, they? A uh, garden place. Uh. Uh, they said, we can, we can fix this. So yeah. we, they dug down, I guess, about four to five inches. Uh-huh. Took that soil away, brought in new soil, and put sod down. Mm-hmm. We have no lily of the valley. Excellent. Yeah, so finally it's gone. Excellent. Yeah, so the, the sod that they put down is out-competing whatever lily of the valley was left. Yeah. Probably. In the beginning of the spring, we could see some little ones coming up. Mm-hmm. And then when the grass got stronger, it mm-hmm. just squeezed them all out. That's right. And the grass is really doing well Ooh, this year. It's great. It's uh, mowing, what, every four or five days at this time yeah. with all this rain. I'm actually... I'm starting to think there's going to be, like, moss growing in my vegetable garden. <laughs> it's so moist out yeah, there. Yeah, I know. Okay, so enough rain. Yes. I, I might have messed the whole thing up. I said something about rain last Saturday. You did. It might be my fault. I'm sorry. Okay, that's it. No more rain. Okay. Enough. Well, enough. Well, not no more, just not right now. Yeah, let's go. we need to dry down the soil a bit. So let plants. me give out the phone numbers sure. for people who want to call in and talk to Charlie about uh, what your garden problem is. Mm-hmm. Uh, 416 Three six zero zero seven forty or toll free from anywhere in Ontario at one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Okay, and there's a mantra. Do you know the mantra? It is call early, call often, one question per person, please. There you go. Yeah. And the other thing is, you don't need to just call with problems. People sometimes have a tip. Yeah. Something that's working for them, um, a good story they want to share. So you know, don't feel that this is just you know down and. Sad, sad, <laughs> you know, sure. bad things. We're happy to talk about good things too. Yeah, it's not Charlie Dobbins' sad garden <laughs> show. No, and so you know, happy to try and solve problems, but at the same time, always happy to hear about good stories too. Right. You have some information. I you want. always have announcements, and these are a couple of them coming up next weekend. There is something called the Backyard Glam Tour. Ooh, Ooh how 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 glammy is that? Eh, that sounds good. That's next Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Fifteen stunning back. 
Lake Gardens in the Georgian Bay and southern Gray County area. There will be shuttle buses running between Thornbury and Hanover to help with access to all these glamorous gardens. It's a one-of-a-kind opportunity to gain VIP access to amazing gardens that have been not only professionally landscaped, but professionally decorated for the tour. Ooh. So what that means, it's going to be like a set, right? It's like a TV show or something where everything is going to be just perfect. You know, there'll be all these little matching things going on. And, you know, probably tables will be set and lanterns will be strung and it'll uh, pillows will be beautiful. So, you know, really pretty that way. So really nicely decorated. All the gardens have been professionally decorated for the tour. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, that'd be nice. All about outdoor living. And it's brought to you by the professionals from Landscape Ontario. That it also includes some evening tours in the Georgian Bay area. So that's I love the idea of a nighttime garden yeah, tours. Yeah. Because again, you know, it's all about lighting, right? That's yeah. the latest trend in outdoor living is having the perfect lighting for yep. the right you know, you don't want to blind your guests, but then you don't want your guests to trip and fall over and hurt themselves. That's right. So it's a very, you know, proper lighting and properly done is super important. I just keep a flashlight handy. <laughs> <laughs> you probably don't invite any guests over, let's be Well we do. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably better left unsaid. All right. Yeah. So for more information about this pretty fun-sounding tour, go to www.backyardglamtour, all one, backyardglamtour.com. Also next weekend, it's the Delphinium Festival at Plant Paradise Country Gardens. Now, I will be there next Saturday speaking between 12 noon and 1 p.m. It is open, free admission to everybody to come into the gardens take a tour of the gardens, um, obviously participate in the seminar I'll be giving, but there are there are also some other seminars where a registration is required because right. uh, there is a, some cost to a little bit of the registrations. There's food there. There's um, artisans. Um, it's going to be pretty fun. It's a beautiful garden. It's a retail garden center, but they also have show gardens. Yes. And they specialize in delphinium. And you'll be there. Yes. And do you know what a delphinium looks like? Um, yeah. It's really tall, <laughs> typically shades of blue. Yes. And they're going to be a humongo Jurassic Park-sized again, I think. Like my weeds. Exactly, yeah. because of the kind of rain we've been having. So uh, looking forward to that next Saturday. And then also marking on your calendars, July 13th, to Community Care Durham Uxbridge's 17th annual gar- annual Gardens of Uxbridge tour, of course, taking place on Saturday, 10 till 5. That's July 13th. It's a self-guided tour. It's a great opportunity to see beyond the gates of eight, really nine, private gardens in Uxbridge and surrounding rural. Tickets are $25. That includes a delicious box lunch. How much? How fun is that? Yeah. You take that on the road or you can enjoy it at the Uxbridge Senior Centre. Tickets are available by phone, plus they are at various locations in Uxbridge. For example, Blue Heron Books, Garden Artifacts, and the Tin Mill Restaurant. Also in Cannington at Jingles Gifts and in Port Perry at Branching Out. That sounds good too. Yeah, okay, one more. Uh, Bob Cajun. Nine uniquely beautiful gardens in the Bob Cajun community will be open to visitors on, again, Saturday, July 13th, 10 to 4. The Horticultural Society invites you, again, it's the 17th annual garden tour. There's a, a, I was going to say a giant plant sale. There's a plant sale, uh, musical entertainment, refreshments, and an afternoon tea featuring special treats provided by village eateries. Shopping discounts from merchants and restaurants, as well as a door prize draw all adding to the fun. So $15 is the tour pass, it includes, and that includes afternoon tea. 
children under 16 are free. Frankly, I wouldn't take children under 16 on a garden tour if I could avoid it. <laughs> <clears throat> it's not very much fun. Never no. never take children or, or spouses that are not into gardens yes, on right. garden tours. Yeah. That's one of the rules. Yeah. Go by yourself. If yeah. necessary, you'll have a lot more fun yeah, than, than going with people that don't want to be there. Uh, you can get tour tickets at the Bob Cajun Chamber of Commerce and venues throughout the village and on tour day at each of the nine gardens. Well, it all sounds very good to me. A lot going on Especially in the garden Especially the world. afternoon tea with all the snacks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah, lots going on. Lots of tours. Lots of fun things. So things to put on the calendar. Right. Well, I think we have some people on the line uh, waiting to talk to you. And uh, so we're going uh, to take our first call, aren't we? we I think we take a break We're going to take point. a little break. Then we'll take our first call. Then we will. So we'll be back right after this. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And good morning. We are back and ready to take our first call. Charlie Dobbin is here. And, and I it's, it's Yes, it's a first-time caller. And we always give the little bell, don't Well, we? first, let's say hello. Oh, hello. Hey, Diane, how are you? I'm good. How are you, folks? Good, fine. Wonderful. Thank you. Calling from Collingwood? Yes, I am a first-time caller, but I do listen regularly. Okay. And so I have to say, sorry, Charlie, for just a moment, but I have to say, Robbie, since I'm on here, um, <laughs> is that I love your show. I was born in 1952, so I not only heard those songs, the 60s and all that, on the radio, I heard them probably the first time they were played. Well, isn't and, that nice? And they're timeless songs, and my kids know them all. My grandkids are even learning them. Well, you're brainwashing them. That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and I uh, I love the station anyway. But anyhow, what I have here is oh, a Wait a minute. Home. Just a minute, Diane. You want to get your wings? Yes, because we want to give you your wings. And to oh, do okay. that, we ring our little bell. There you go. There you go. Thank Thanks. you. Oh, I feel lighter already. There you yeah. go. Thanks for calling. So what's going on? Well, I have a new home here in Collingwood, and um, in a subdivision that's a very hard clay packed uh, base, mm-hmm. and you know they come in and put two inches of topsoil. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're doing is um, a patio, and around the perimeter, and a couple areas within it, I'm going to plant um, shrubs and bushes and things for her little privacy. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what type of soil because we're going to dig most of it out. Yeah, great um, idea. I don't know what type of soil I should put in there. Well, so first of all, really good idea that you're recognizing that you've got... Because see, what happens when they build a house is they take all the topsoil away. Yes. They build onto subsoil because that's the nice, sturdy, you know, below-ground bedrock type stuff. Yep. Then you're right. They give you two inches of topsoil back. So you're very wise to recognize that that's your first step before you put any plants in is you've got to excavate out some of that very poor subsoil, which you're currently going to, you know, kind of stuck with. Preferably, mm-hmm. you want to excavate as much as... 12, 18 inches if you can. I'm going to, yes. So that all goes off the property. And then you bring in whatever, however many truckloads you need to bring in, of a good quality topsoil or triple mix, one or the other. Topsoil is just topsoil. Triple mix is one-third topsoil mixed with one-third composted manure and another third peat moss. Theoretically, oh. that's that's what triple mix is. Mm-hmm. So it should be light. It should also be nutritious. And, of course, it's got lots of organic matter, which is what you need. It's usually a little more expensive, uh, but it is certainly worth it if, uh, if it's available in your area. 
I expect it is. Get get your whoever you're buying the soil from, make sure it's a reputable soil person or company. Sometimes people get so frustrated because they end up with what looks like great soil and then next year it's thousands and thousands of weed seeds come up. There's yeah. those little seeds were in that soil. Oh yes. So well, just we're lay down the um the the sheeting the black fabric. sheeting yeah. stuff some f- landscape fabric you mean landscape yeah. fabric yeah. and I, I've never I've used it before and it's fabulous mm-hmm. and then just put some natural colored cedar mulch mm-hmm. over top over top and so all. you'll do your planting into the fabric by cutting holes in the fabric or you'll do all your planting and then put your fabric around. So is is that a good choice to put the fabric around after then? Do you think? Um, it can be. Uh, I, you know what. If it's a new subdivision, you probably will, it's probably a good idea. I find in the older areas where we have bigger trees, and Robbie will, will probably attest to this because he lives in an older area of Agent Court, big trees lead to lots of squirrels. Yeah. And squirrels are very curious, and they are constantly wanting to see what's down there and what's there and what's there. <laughs> yeah. So they're always digging little holes. Now, they run into the fabric, and they start digging up the fabric. And before you know it, you've got little bunches of fabric sticking up through your mulch. And it's very hard to relay the fabric once it starts coming up. Yep. So that's my one issue with the fabric. But if you're in a fairly new area and, and squirrels may not be a big issue at all, then certainly no. they, it helps keep weeds see. Keep, helps keep weeds down big time. Yeah, and it keeps the moisture in. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and the mulch will certainly help with that as well, it keeping looks the moisture tidy in. Too. And, yeah. and yeah. Diane, yeah. one last thing here. Um, <clears throat> since you have to dig down a foot to 18 inches in that soil, I'm really busy, but our associate producer, James <laughs> Dooley, he always has a shovel with him. So <laughs> you can get a hold of him. Okay, I'll leave him my address at the end. All right, okay. perfect. <laughs> it's beautiful here in Collingwood. It's a beautiful morning, and uh, can't pick a better day to get a shovel out. There you go. Well, enjoy the day and the entire weekend. Thank you very much. You, you too. Thanks okay. for the call, Thanks, Diane. Diane. Bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. Boy, oh, boy. Digging down, boy. That's right. And we have uh, Norman calling in from Mount Actually, Forest. looks like Norma. Norma. Oh, let's, that's right. Yes, see. Norma. So, Get sorry. Your Good morning, Norma. <laughs> Good morning. And you are also a first-time caller. That's right. Well, we need to give you your wings, so hang on a second. Let me get my little bell. It's actually Frank's little bell. Yeah, it's Frank's bell. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome right. to the show. Thank you. Just a very quick question. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son gave me some stargazer lilies for Christmas, or for my Mother's Day, mm-hmm. and I've put them in the garden. Yes. Uh, can they stay out over winter? Uh, yes, they should be able to stay out over winter, no problem. Okay. Similar to, like, stargazers are um, a pink form of, most of us know, an Easter lily. And okay. stargazers are pink, obviously, and very, very fragrant. Very. Uh, <laughs> like, really kind of overwhelmingly yeah. fragrant. Yeah. And yeah, when you live in a condo and there were three in the pot, oh, I was yeah. at times almost gagging. I bet. Did you, yeah. did you have a balcony? Did you want to, like, put them out on the balcony? <laughs> kind of. There was, a, I don't, for anybody who came to Canada Blooms this past uh, March, there was a garden that had quite a mass of stargazers, and yes, it was quite a cloud of aroma coming through. Uh, you're right. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're hardy. Just make sure. Have you planted them out yet in the garden? Yes. Okay, because so I was going to say depth is important. You're, you, they're quite shallow in the pot, but you go mm-hmm. deeper in the garden. You want them four or five inches below ground. Mm-hmm. And oh, I went kind of like a tulip. Okay, perfect. And yeah. they should be fine. All the lilies are very hardy. Uh, okay. They should be fine out there over the winter, and you'll see them again next summer. Very good. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call. Thank right, you. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye. Hmm. Yeah, well, uh, Hamilton, yeah, lilies, mm-hmm. they can really get to you after a while. 
I I personally am not a big fan of that. Yeah, I guess that that would be, uh, if you had a lot of them, it would be good to rent squirrels and bring (laughs) them in. (laughs) Well, it's funny. You know, we're all different, eh? What we like and don't like. Like, I love the smell of hyacinths. They're the really smelly bulbs early in the spring. I love that smell. Like, I'm never overwhelmed by it. And yet some people don't like it at all. Uh, And there's one called paper white narcissus, which is like little white daffodils. Mm -hmm. uh, Again, very strong aroma. I am um, makes me really want to throw up when I smell that. So it's like, you know, but again, some people love it. You showed me something uh, in the paper this morning that I kind did. of scared me. I know. You know what? I, it's, I'm going to come back to that, and okay. and maybe other people hadn't seen that in the paper. I'll share that that interesting story with them. But in before we go to a break, I just want to mention for you want to get out in the garden and get digging. Remember, you were going to go help Diane, or you're offering James to no, help James Diane. Is helping Diane. Yeah, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving James to Diane. But you need to get your shovel out and get digging. And if you want to do that pain-free with reduced aches and stiffness. Is it Percocet? No, because we're all getting (laughs) older and stiffer all the time. Sierra Sill, something that both Frank and I take on a daily basis. We find that it does allow us to stay active. And not whining as much, which is important. (laughs) (laughs) So Sierra Sill is completely natural. It's a mineral supplement, and it somehow magically keeps those joints Working. Good. Oils the joints. How do we get that? You can get through their website, mm-hmm. sierrasill.ca. You can give them a call in Vancouver, one eight seven seven joint 14 Or you can pick up Sierra Sill at many health food stores, like the Peanut Mill in St. Catharines. All right. Well, that's good. When we come back, we'll take some more callers. Maybe I should throw out the phone numbers one more time. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Back with more callers after we do this. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Catchy little tune. <laughs> I like that. It's pretty funny. It is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. <laughs> Robbie Lane sitting in for Frank Proctor. And we have some callers on the line. And I think we have uh, someone calling in from Hamilton. And it's George. Good morning, George. Good morning to you both. Happy Canada Day long weekend. Yes, thank same you. to you. Welcome to the show. I understand you're a first-time caller. I think three times a charm since the two other ladies before me. So. All right. Three times a charm. So you get a bell as well. Yeah. We want you to get your wings, George. Here they go. <laughs> There you go. Thank you. <laughs> What's going on in your garden? Uh, it's actually my lawn. Oh, okay. I, there's these, um, I know mushrooms usually come up because of uh, moisture, but I'm, I'm seeing these white, it uh, looks almost like a little small flower, mm-hmm. um, pinkish in color, mm-hmm. white, pinkish in color. It's, uh, I see it on other people's lawns. Mm-hmm. It's like a little stem. It's like a little ball-shaped flower, a little round flower? Correct, a white one. Clover. That's called white clover. White clover. Yeah. Does that spread by seed or... Because it's the first time on the people across the street have it, mm-hmm. and to the left of me. Yeah. This is the first time. I have a little now small section on my lawn. It has come over from seed from your neighbor. 
Okay. Okay. Now, it's not a bad thing, I don't think. I mean, some people don't want to see clover in their lawn because it's not a grass. It's not those little blades of grass that stand up. It yes. actually lies fairly low to the ground. It's a member of the, the um, legume family. It's a member of the beans or pea family. And it gets the little white flowers, as you point out. But what we love about clover is that clover has a taproot. So it is very, very tolerant of drought. If we, of course, not a big issue this year, but some year when we get a dry growing season, a dry June and July, you will see that your grass will all go dormant because there's no moisture in the soil. It all turns yellow because we're not allowed to water due to water restrictions or we're on a well and we're not going to put our water on our lawn. But you'll see your clover will stay nice and green and is able to withstand very dry conditions. It also fertilizes itself by taking nitrogen out of the air. Uh, And of course, those little flowers are um, very good for supporting pollinators, bees, and some of the very small little beneficial insects that use flowers and flit from flower to flower. They um, actually can be a very good thing to maintain in our, on our properties one way or the other. I understand, but if the better half doesn't like the sight of it, Charlie, <laughs> is there any way that I could... Or a blindfold. I, <laughs> a blindfold will do it, George. With new seed, or do I have to get on my knees? Get on your knees. Get out a screwdriver or like a long, strong tool. Go out there, and you'll find that if it's just a very little patch, there may only be two or three actual plants in there because they, they, you know, that one plant spreads. Yeah. So follow, the, you know, back to the root. Pick up a little bit of stem, and then follow that stem back to the root, and you'll find that you'll pull one plant, and you'll. Uh, open up a big space. Now, clover's going to blow back in or dandelions or something's going to blow back into that naked area. So you've got to get some grass seed out and you've got to stay on the watering if it doesn't rain every day. You have to stay keep that seed moist for at least three weeks every single day. You've got to water it sometimes twice a day if it's really hot uh, just to get that growing and fill that patch in. I thank you very much, Charlie. All right. Good luck with that. Happy Canada Day again. Thanks again. so much, and thanks for your call. Thanks, George. Have a good one. Bye. Nice. Three yeah. first-time callers yeah, in, a in a row. Yeah, in a row. Boy, Frank would be proud. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah. So the ratings are up. <laughs> just, well, we're bringing in people who are, are you know, being comfortable to call, and that's I love right. that. Yes, that's so good. It's all good. All right. Anne is calling in from Oshawa. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. And you're not a first-time caller. We're happy to have you back on the show. Thank you so much. I enjoy it very much. Thank you. You have a question. I have a Rose of Sharon tree that's at least 10 feet tall. It was not pruned this early spring. It's very green and leafy, but I see no sign of flowers coming. Oh, well, it's only June still. Yeah, the end of June, though. Right. But, uh, you know, Rose of Sharon typically will start blooming in August. And we're a little behind schedule because we had such a long, cool spring. Oh, well, thank you. I always thought um, by the middle of July I had flowers. I bet you you did last year. Last year you would have had flowers early because we had a very early spring. We were way ahead of schedule. So there's still hope for it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, don't worry about that. Do you still have little bits of last year's flowers hanging on there? Can you still? And they're all dried up? Yep. Yeah, yeah, so they've all, but they've all, there's still a bit of that hanging around? Yes. Okay, well, that's no problem. As long as, you know, there's new growth, you, I'm sure you'll be fine. You'll see lots and lots of flowers, but do try and remember to prune it right down to a reasonable size next spring if you can, just because yes. they have a tendency to really take advantage of 
you know, your goodwill. And before you know it, <laughs> that Rose of Sharon Tree is a monster. Yeah. So, it is a monster. Uh, it's such a monster that at the top of it, there are a lot of still those dried up um, old blooms, which are yeah, still there. Little husks, yeah. Will, they, will that harm the <laughs> new growth coming? No, usually that will fall off. Usually the new growth forces that off. that off. Yeah, or, um, you know, rain or wind or whatever. So it just continues to dry up. And uh, those are just the little capsules where the seeds were being held. That's right. And That's if what they are. Yeah. you look at the bottom, you may see that there's a lot of little baby seedlings coming up from the seeds okay. that drop. That often happens. Okay, so um, there's hope for it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, thanks Bye-bye. for your call. Yeah, they get big. They do. Um, sometimes like just out of proportion big. Yeah. Kind of like lilacs, right? Yes. Lilacs yeah. get really big. Yeah. It's okay if you're out in a you know, country and you've got an acreage and you can have a big hedge of lavender that's 20 feet tall and, you know, 40 feet long. But <clears throat> quite often we don't have that kind of space on that's our property. Right. So yeah. we sort of have to stay on that, stay on that proportional thing. Exactly. All right. Well, Niagara Falls, Shirley has uh, called in this morning. Good morning, Shirley. And good morning to you, and good morning to Charlie. Yes, morning. And Charlie I'm a first-time caller as well. Oh, well, cool. You need, your time. Wing, you need your wings then, Shirley. Here you go. <laughs> Thank you. Feel better? I do. Okay. <laughs> I hope that Charlie can help me get my Irish shamrock feeling better. What's going on? I have a huge, huge, huge uh, Irish shamrock houseplant. Mm-hmm. And for about the last month, it's developed dozens of white spots. And a lot of uh, rust-colored spots on its leaves. Mm-hmm. I have leaves around the edge of the pot that are dying. I have leaves that are crinkling and curling, and mm. I don't know what to do. Okay, well, so the thing to always remember with shamrock, the proper name is oxalis, it's actually growing from a bulb. Now, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny little bulb, but in that pot, you've probably got thousands of these little tiny bulbs that each of those little plants are growing from. All bulbs have a growing time and a slowing down dormant time. And that's probably what's going on. Are you, um, it's in your house, obviously, you haven't taken it outside at all? No, it's in the apartment here. Okay, and do, when, before you water, do you water on the calendar or do you water by feeling the soil level? I have a moisture meter. Okay, good, yep. And I usually use it. Okay. So you have been careful to not overwater it, I guess, is what I'm just trying to clarify. I'm hoping that I haven't overwatered. Um, all right. It, it, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking that it's a little too much moisture sitting in a plant that is not actively growing. Did it flower this past spring? Did it you get flowered flowers? immensely, oh, yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so again, very common... You know, think of our daffodils, our tulips. When they flower, they put a lot of energy into that flowering. Yeah. And then they have to sort of hunker down and recharge and, re, like, literally recharge their bulbs. And that's what your oxalis is doing. So pull back on your watering. Allow it to dry down between waterings. Uh, and, and if you lose, you know, if you need to get out your scissors and give a little trim, don't worry about it. It won't go completely dormant. It won't, like, disappear the way the daffodils and tulips do. But okay. it, it will slow down enough that you're just going to have to wait, and then some new green shoots are going to start to show up. Okay, so it's not diseased to the point where I can't do anything for it. I doubt it. The one thing you can do if you're concerned that it might be, too, like, sort of beyond... Uh, saving is 
put out some newspaper, lay the plant on it, the pot on its side, uh-huh. tap and roll the pot around so that the plant comes out of the pot and smell the soil. If it smells really swampy and uh-huh. really, you know, kind of yucky, uh-huh. then you might be past the point of, of no return because it's just too wet and everything's starting to rot. But if it still smells like fresh earth, then no problem. Just put everything back in the pot and like I say, just let it dry down a little bit more between waterings. Okay. Keep it in the sun. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks well, for thank your call. Thank you for calling, and happy Canada Day. And happy Canada Day to the two of you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Bye-bye. 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 So what are you doing for Canada Day? I'm working. Are you? I'm here ha- for oh, Norm Edwards. Oh, you are? Yeah. Which is Monday. Monday. Oh, yes. okay. And James will be here with me, so we'll probably be the only two people in the building. We could go bowling in the hallway. Are you like the happy gang? <laughs> You're by yourself? Well, no. we're pretty happy. I was going to say. I don't know the, much of a gang the, we are. But. The two of you. <laughs> James and Robbie, the happy twosome. Yeah. So, yeah. I bring cookies. He's happy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Perfect. So, so yeah, that's it. You're kind of all alone here on Monday. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you're working like you're on stage somewhere. You're playing. No, not this weekend. No. And we found that unless we're hired for something specifically for Canada Day, mm. it's pretty useless to try and play other oh, places because there's so much going I on. I know. What a crazy weekend yeah, this is, eh? Yeah. It's nonstop. But next Sunday, a week from Sunday, yes. we're playing here we're in town. Are. Oh, you are? At the uh, Old Chicken Deli, which is now called the 744. Mm-hmm. We're there Sunday afternoon from 5 until 9. Nice. And James is coming. Nice. Is yeah. he playing with you? Uh, well, not that I know of, but uh, he's oh. going to drop by and oh, he's gonna buy be. him uh, some sort of wobbly pop. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, so because I think isn't he a bit of a musician, or he's a he's a mixer. Yes. He's a no, no, sound he, he, mixer. He's guy. also a musician and a voice actor. Yes, he is. Yeah. He does everything. He's really guy. multi-talented. He can dig up gardens, as I I've explained earlier. We're hiring him out <laughs> to help our callers. Yeah. <laughs> So um, just before we go to a break, which I know we're going to do in a couple minutes, let me tell you about this article I saw in the yes. paper. All right. This was in the Globe and Mail this past week. The, the little headline says, Plant Eats Mutton. Yeah. Mutton being lamb. Lamb. Okay. There is a plant. Now, this is a native to Chile plant. It's called Puya, P-U-Y-A. And it's – so that's the genus. And the species is Chilensis. So it's from Ch- Chile. Chile. So Puya chilensis is this wacky plant, and I'm just I googled it here to show you, and I pulled up the images. So it's um it's like a real desert type plant. It almost looks a bit like a yucca or an aloe. Yeah. But what happens is it's got these incredible barbs on the leaves. I can see that. And the grazing sheep in Chile who are out there in the on the land looking for something to eat are attracted to this green plant and they go closer to, you know, gnaw on it a bit. And I guess what happens is also when maybe when it starts to flower is when it gets really interesting and that's when the see that the flower is really wacky looking. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's, um, so the sheep maybe are more interested because of the flower. Anyway, they go up close to it and then once they get up close, they get stuck by these barbed leaves and they can't get away. Oh, I don't like that. And what happens is, is they're stuck their like fur is stuck in all these barbs, and they starve to death. They just die. That's lovely. So then, what happens? <laughs> then what happens is they die. They decompose at the base of this plant and fertilize it. 
Wow. It's unbelievable. Like, what? what isn't evolution something, eh? It is. So the reason Some of my best the... friends are sheep. I don't like <laughs> I know what I was going to say. <laughs> so, you know, it's a it's a very interesting, you know, well, come on, think of Venus flytraps. Yes, yes. There's all kinds of plants that pretend they're something that they're not and attract things that they need that they want, and yeah. want. And in this case, these plants want lamb. So they <laughs> attract lamb. Well, bottom line is in England, in Wisley or Wisley, England, there is a plant, one of these plants is growing and it's been there for about 15 years and it has never flowered before but it is starting to flower so that's why it was kind of it's in the news because of course it's in uh, um, captivity if you will uh, on display and of course the people who are looking after it wanted everybody to understand that they are only feeding this plant with um, uh, like regular bottled fertilizer right there's no animal they're not throwing lamb no 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 slaughter of animals to the plant and it's flowering just fine and they also wanted to mention that anybody who wants to come and see it of course it is on display in the arid section of the greenhouse but it is well out of reach of children and sheep and cats and dogs Good. and, and don't, don't wear anything wool that's right <laughs> <laughs> so so there it is puya chilensis okay. interesting story and really interesting is. looking plant well, we've got some callers waiting, but I think we're going to take a little break, are we not, James? And uh, come back with more with Charlie Dobbin right after we do this. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And good morning, everybody. Charlie Dobbin is here, and uh, we're going to take some more calls, but you have something you want to pass along first? Well, I just, maybe James needs to know this since you're renting him out with a shovel. Yes. Uh, if, if he wants to be active, you know, stay active, be active, he's not quite as old as we are. No. He may not be in the same kind of achy, pain sort of situation as we are as we get older, but one way for anybody who's experiencing joint uh, stiffness or pain to avoid that is to try Sierra Sil. Mm-hmm. Completely natural mineral supplement. Doesn't work for everybody, but if it's going to work for you, you're going to feel better within 14 days. And that's one of the things that the company is quite proud of. That yes. They recognize that if it doesn't work for you, full money guarantee back everything that you spend uh, if within 14 days you don't feel better. So more information, give them a call, 1-877-JOINT-14 or check them on the web, sierrasill.ca, or pick up Sierra Sill at many health food stores like The Big Carrot on Danforth Avenue here in Toronto. All right. Well, it obviously works because you take it. I do. Yes. And I'm pain-free. Well, that's good. I, I, Except when I'm here not pushing the right buttons. Say, yeah, right. Then there's that. <laughs> I actually rode my bike 20, how many, about 28 kilometers the other day. Wow. Yeah. That is great, Charlie. It was fun. Were you trying to go. get away from someone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. That was for fun, believe it or not. Okay. I'm going to do that tomorrow, too. Actually, I'm going to go down to uh, Niagara and do a Niagara on the lake, Niagara Falls. That'd be nice. Uh, ride. And then sun will shine. Sunny. Exactly. Yes, it'll be sunny tomorrow. Exactly. All right. We have Kim from Richmond Hill, and good morning, Kim. How are you doing? Good morning. I have a question that we've all asked you many, many times, Charlie. <laughs> What's that? Tulips and daffodils, mm-hmm. I'd like to dig them up. Mm-hmm. Now, I forget, do you put them in a brown bag? Do you, can I put them in the garage where it's dark? Where do I put them? Because I'm moving and I want to take them with me oh, in the fall. Good point. Now, you're moving in the fall. 
But if you dig them now, you'll know exactly where they are. That's right. Whereas if you wait till the fall, you won't be able to find them. Right. Okay. So what I would do is, because you've still got some leaves attached, dig up every single tulip and daffodil that you can find, lay them out uh, in a dry spot. Now, it could be uh, on a porch. It could be in your garage, as long as there's air circulation. You don't want them to, like sometimes garages, if they're closed up, can get pretty hot when yeah. the sun is out. Yeah. So just make sure that you, you finish the drying out process in a situation where there's good air circulation and there's no rain, obviously, hitting the plants. If you dug them up today, you would find that they would be quite moist uh, just because the soil around them is so moist. Yes. Uh, so main thing is you want to dry them right down. It could take a week, 10 days, you know, laid out on newspapers, like I say, sitting on a porch or in an open, airy spot. Then absolutely. Just put in paper bags, keep them, in, them dark, and as cool as possible. Now, it doesn't have to be a refrigerator, but it would be nice if it was that kind of, you know, cooler than, you know, comfortable room temperature, 70 degrees kind of temperature or less. You don't want them in a hot situation because they'll just turn to mush. Uh-huh. And then as soon as you move, get them in the ground this fall. What time in the fall? Any particular time? September, October, November? Any time until the soil freezes. That's, oh, okay. That's then. your limiting factor is is the soil freezing. You won't be able to dig, uh, but the sooner you get them in the ground, the better. We like to say that the best optimal time is six weeks before the first big frost because that six-week time frame the soil is still warm you plant those dormant bulbs and their little roots start to grow within minutes of having been planted and they get sort of hunkered down and settled in for the winter and then they're all ready to go in the spring that makes sense thank you so much enjoy the holiday thank you thank you you too have a great weekend thank you bye-bye thanks for calling bye-bye all right um let's see aurora we have marianne yeah, Marianne, good morning. Good morning. Thank, thank you for taking my call. Well, thank you for calling. Charlie is here. What's up? I'm in the process of building a raised garden in my yard. Mm-hmm. It's about 8 feet long by 4 feet wide and about 24 inches high. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to know what I should do with the existing sort of soil that's there. Should I dig it or turn it, or do I need any drainage? And also what type of soil I should fill it with. Tell me, what are you planning on growing in the raised bed? Uh, probably perennial flowers. Okay. What are, and what are you building the raised bed out of? Timbers? It's those um, landscape tiles, so round sort of. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Ties. Yeah. yeah Ties. That are, that are Ties, piled yeah. up. about. To, so <clears throat> what I've done, whenever I build a raised bed in an existing garden, I just go right over top whatever's there, whether it's lawn or, you know, garden or whatever it is. <clears throat> um, and not, obviously, asphalt. You need some soil below because a two-foot depth yes, won't be... lawn. Yeah, so just go, right, you know, build your frame right over the lawn. And then what uh, I would be inclined to do is we want, you want to mix. Do you have any compost? Do you do any home composting? Yes, I have a little. <clears throat> Because what you want is for perennials, you want a kind of a, a nice mix of topsoil and or triple mix. But I wouldn't go just straight topsoil or triple mix. I'd like to lighten that up a tiny bit with perhaps uh, some compost, homemade compost, mm-hmm. or something that's like 100% organic based. Uh, there's a lot of kind of neat bagged products out there in the different garden centers. Sometimes it's, you know, seaweed uh, compost or it's, um, you know, 
there's so many sort of 101 different composts out there. Uh, one I've used and really liked, and certainly my neighbor who recently did a whole raised garden of vegetables used is something called duck compost, and it's just the bedding from a duck farm. Oh. And so, you know, it's like shavings, wood shavings. Yeah. So it's very light wood, and yet all that wood is completely um, has completely absorbed all the duck poop. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's decomposed and composted after that. So it's like it's amazing. It's got all kinds of great nutrient. It's light, and it's 100% organic. So that's what what I, the one thing I'd like to see. At least a third of what goes into your into your new bed should be something like that. Something that's okay. I say 100% organic, light enough, and nutritious enough. Mixed in with triple mix and or topsoil. So a third topsoil and a third triple mix? Well, yeah, either topsoil or triple mix. Like two-thirds. Either one. Yeah, and then make the the other third something that's 100% organic. Oh, could even be peat moss if you can't find anything else. But peat moss has no nutritional value. It's just 100% organic. Mm. So it's nice to get that nutrient in there. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. And good luck. Bye. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Yeah. Bye-bye. Raised beds. Yeah. Really good idea. Yeah, you've done that. Not so much in my own garden, but I've certainly done it for some clients. Yeah. It makes it so much easier. Like getting right down on your hands and knees and then up and down, up and down. Yes. Weeding, pruning, planting, even harvesting. It gets harder and harder and harder. And we don't want to give up gardening. You no. know, Just because it's we're a little stiffer doesn't mean we don't want to give up gardening. And, you know, Sierra Sil or whatever, you know, you still – it's just – it's hard to get up and down and there's better tools obviously now ergonomically designed tools yes, etc yes. but really raised gardening is a wonderful way if you've got areas or even just throw it on a balcony there you are you're gardening in pots it's the same idea yes it's just the idea of bringing the garden closer to you makes a lot of sense and it's a lot more comfortable especially for zoomers that's right yeah definitely <laughs> like us yeah we are. <laughs> we are or a little shot of rum that doesn't hurt that helps too yeah. <clears throat> a couple of times a day yes um, from <laughs> Scarborough. We have Valerie calling, and uh, apparently, uh, Valerie, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Uh, I only, I'm a first-time caller. Oh, oh wait. Yeah. We have to give you your wings. Yes. Here you go. Oh, those are big wings. That was, that was <laughs> <laughs> Come back. <laughs> yeah. Charlie, I always listen to you on Saturday mornings. Oh, great. And uh, I know you had a call earlier about um, Rose of Sharon. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping you would answer this problem that I have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my problem is, you know those um, seeds that are on the uh, Rose of Sharon? Mm-hmm. They fall to the ground, and I have tons of seedlings under, underneath the tree. Mm-hmm. How can I get rid of them? <laughs> you have to pull them, unfortunately. But when they're little, they're not hard to pull. Oh, or yeah, but is there any other way? Like, can I put something under the tree? Well, mulch, if you put, like, is the tree in uh, the lawn or is it in a garden? It's, it's on the lawn. Okay. So what I would do is I would make sure that you don't have lawn growing right up to the tree. Uh-huh. We always try and keep the lawn away from the, the trunks of any trees or shrubs in our gardens just because the, the lawn competes uh-huh. with the plants uh-huh. for nutrient and for water. So it's just really nice. Always cut out kind of a circle of turf. And then what I would do is make sure you've got a two to four inch layer of bark mulch on top of the soil there, and that will slow down those seeds from germinating. Oh, okay. 
In the meantime, though, I know uh, people are so funny. I mean, you probably have neighbors who would come and dig those up and take them home and plant them because they would like those little Rose of Sharon babies coming up. Mm -hmm. So if you're chatting with any of the neighbors, get them to pull them up for you and take them home. Oh, James. I see. And they will grow, eh? (laughs) Oh, yeah. They'll grow into the same little, like, little trees, big trees, shrubs, as what you have growing in your garden now. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, they're very prolific. When okay, so maybe I'll, I'll put some mulch around it then. Yep. A very good idea. Two to four inches deep. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks okay. for your call. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for Bye-bye. calling. We have someone calling in about squirrels and chipmunks, but uh, before we get to that call, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and then uh, I I can hardly wait to hear what's going on with the squirrels and chipmunks. (laughs) We'll be back after this. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Charlie's falling over in her chair here. I'm in a very strange chair. Yes, but the know. arm is tiny. Like, look. Yeah, you've got this monster armchair, yeah. and I've got this like little tiny thing to put my elbow it's on. It's Mickey Rooney's chair that you're sitting I in. I guess. Probably. So I went to lean, and there was nothing there. Yeah. Just about did right. out the window there. Do you know we've had two Valeries? We've got two Valeries in a row. Oh, nice. That's and pretty maybe, amazing. Maybe this is another first-time caller. Yes. Good morning, Valerie number two. Good morning. Is this your first time calling in? My first time calling in. Well, let me give you a little bell so you get your wings. Here you go. There you go. You feel feel better now, Valerie? I feel better. Okay. So you've got some squirrel and chipmunk problems? Yes, I do. I know the feeling. The squirrels are leaping from the fence or climbing up the two pear trees and also the chipmunks. And they're munching on the little pears Mm. and dropping them to the ground. Yeah. Is there any way I can keep them off these trees? Charlie. Shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't own one of those. No, no, you don't want one of those. You know what's going to be your, believe it or not, best? Well, let's think. Okay. I was just out in Prince Edward County this last um, few days, and uh-huh. uh, there's a number of cherry trees in the neighborhood where I was visiting, and they were all netted. And, of course, they're netted to protect the cherries from the birds. Yeah. Okay. Now, these are small enough trees that a net can be put up and over. So, you know, 10, 12-foot tall trees, not 20, 30 feet tall. How big is your pear tree? Oh, boy. Uh, maybe uh, maybe 20. Yeah, They're dwarf pear trees. But still. 20 foot. 20 pretty tall to be putting a net over. Yeah. That's um, right. Yes, it would be tall. Yeah. But what happens if you put a net and the, the squirrels are caught in the net? Or, or the chipmunk well, is caught that's in the net. True. That could happen, I guess. Yeah, you wouldn't like that. They'd be no. squealing. <laughs> that would be another problem. No. Um, the other, I mean, think of some of the things that we use to try and deter squirrels from our gardens. I mean, there's this idea. I know the, the car guys are going to like this. It's that urine uh, um, staking, <laughs> staking the property, getting the man in the family to go out and urinate around the property to make sure that Animals don't come in. Works sometimes with deer. Works sometimes with squirrels. I do that all the time. I was going to say, has it worked for you and your squirrels? Um, also, the bait shops sell um, 
uh, fox urine because when oh, people okay. yeah it's for like hunters to <laughs> splash on themselves so that whatever anyway the fox urine <laughs> thing urine. sometimes can work and again it's dabbing it if they're using the fence you'd be putting this along the fence yes they are jumping from the fence as well yeah um okay. there's also you know the, yes yeah, so we come up with sort of different ways i know my brother used to have huge issues with raccoons on his roof of the back of his house yeah. mm-hmm. and he went to the hardware store and he got and i always forget what this is called but it's the little strips of wood that have tacks all stuck in the wood yes. that we oh. use when we lay broadloom yes. in our homes yeah. you, okay. it's like stripping that the broadloom goes into he laid that all across his roof now of course the raccoons first time they stepped on it went ouch, 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 not ouch. coming back yeah. here and avoided that area so that worked really well and so again maybe something like that across the top of the fence will keep them off the fence good idea so yeah just kind of think about it that way would be my suggestion human hair collected from the um, hairdresser sometimes in little bags looks kind of silly mm-hmm. but it can be something hung up in little you know nylon stocking bags Bags of human hair hung up in the tree. Sometimes that can deter them for a while. Why would that deter oh, them? Too, it's, they think you're too close. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't, they're not. They don't get it. Like it's too. It's too much of a human smell. So tax urine and hair. Right. And that's yeah. really oh, the uh, <laughs> what we need to do. <laughs> Thank you so okay. much. I should try those. <laughs> Good luck with that. Let yeah. us know how that goes. I will. Thank, thank you, Charlie. Thanks thank for you. your call. Right. Bye bye. <laughs> oh, thanks for summing that all up so nicely. Well, you know, I just, uh, and no sheep were hurt during this program. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Only squirrels and chipmunks. Yeah. I think we have time for another call. All right, we? one more. Lois from Toronto. How are you doing, Lois? Good. Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for calling. Uh, tomato plants. No, actually, p- potato. Oh, oh potato. potato. Potato, yes. Yes, I have. I put them in this. I thought I'd try them this summer, mm-hmm. and I've never had them before. Uh, the leaves are getting eaten somewhat, and I just wondered mm-hmm. if you could recommend anything, or should I inspect the plant to see what it is? Or Absolutely. Ta- okay, the leaves are getting eaten from the outside edges or in the center or both? Oh, I, I never noticed that. Okay. I guess I should take stock of that. The most common insect that chews the leaves of potato plants is called the Colorado potato beetle. Okay. So if you want to Google that, Colorado potato beetle, uh-huh. it's a very distinctive insect. It's about half an inch long. It's mostly round uh-huh. uh, or oval in shape. It's got stripes on its back, and they're voracious eaters. Oh. At the end of the day, you so a little bit of your leaf or foliage goes missing on the potatoes, no big deal. You're not eating the leaves anyway, right? No. No, but, I just wonder if it would affect the growth. Well, it will if they eat too much. Okay. So that's why if it is the potato, Colorado potato beetle, then you are going to want to either pick them or spray for them. Picking works, though, because, you know, you, you, they're very obvious. Once you see one, you'll see thousands. Oh. Uh, and you'll just have a little jar, uh-huh. some, excuse me, some water in it and a teaspoon of, of oil of any kind and just drop those little guys in there and you're good to go. The other thing, if it's just a little bit of foliage missing, it could be earwigs, it could be a, in all this horrible rain. I'm seeing slugs and snails everywhere in yeah. my garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's mm-hmm. bait that you can put out for those guys uh, once it stops raining. And I, I did get some crawling insect killer. Would mm-hmm. that... 
work? If that, I... that, that, the crawling insect killer is a white powder. Yes. It's called diatomaceous earth. Right. It goes on the soil at the base of the plants, and it will lacerate the bellies of any crawling insect. Okay. So, it, won't, it won't harm the plant, though. No, none at all. No. And you don't even put it on the plant, per se. It's more just at the base of the plant so okay. that when the insects are crawling along to go up the stem, they will, they will die before they get very far. All right. But do inspect the plants. See if, you see, if, there's, if it's the Colorado potato beetle, you will see them right on the leaves. All right. Okay. I'll Thank you, that. Lois. Thank Good you luck very with much. That. And by the way, I'm a first-time caller. Oh, oh my well, goodness. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Happy you Canada see. Day Bye-bye. to everybody. Thank you all for calling. Charlie, That's thank you right. for letting me sit in today. Well, thank you for sitting in. It's fun. Uh, yes, and it I is. I think I you'll be here again next week. I so, will be. Uh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, you just get busy in your garden and leave James alone. Okay. <laughs> have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for the great calls. All right. Thanks, Bob Shepard's up next with the news. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.